2: Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Daft and is scheduled for one hour. Oh. you coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the marks hailing from labour, weighing in at 182 pounds, the same as last week. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, normally host of this show, and with me a man who is bigger than the cost of Chris Jericho's suit, it's Big Alex.
1: But am I like as stained and orange and weird as Cristiano's suit?
2: It's got oranger as the weeks has went on, which is. He's back dying now.
1: it. He's totally it's,
2: dying it. I love it. I love how it's just a little subtle. It just gets oranger and oranger as the weeks go on. It's brilliant. Um, and then also, what, did the, you
1: say earlier that you're normally the host of this show?
2: I'm normally the host of this show. Yeah.
1: But then that that you that's always the case. What's changed? Why do you feel the need <laughs> to point that out this week? I don't think there's a week that you've he, not been the host of that show <laughs> you No, know
2: maybe next week I'm going to make one of you guys the host of this show That would be interesting Let's do that, let's do that, Gary can do it next week uh, That is Gary, a man who's had a lot of fun this week With the uh, wrestler meet football puns after Partick Thistle in Scotland uh, Revealed some merch based on Hulk Hogan Which you can see if you're watching the video version behind me Gary Cassidy from Sports Kida, gen- journalist extraordinaire How are you?
0: Not too bad. The the wrestling as we'll get into hasn't it been fantastic, so you need to keep yourself entertained somehow.
2: Yeah, I know. Um, how do, How give us some of your football meets wrestling uh, team names if you can. Team keep names. it
1: unlike religious as possible. Aye, I Victorian was going to say
2: fuck. Proddy Piper for Rangers was <laughs> absolutely acceptable, no problem the, with that at all. It was no. when you were
1: getting to the blue world order I was starting to get a little bit worried. <laughs> it was two,
2: two of my mates,
0: um, I'm going to get it out there and say that I'm I'm from a mixed family, so I'm in no way religious and couldn't really be asked by Scottish football, I'm um, a Liverpool <laughs> man, but my, my two mates were, uh, they were booking the new world orange order. And they were having a uh, Kevin Sash and uh, Scott Orange Hall. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about Chris Rangerico? Jericho? There you go. Jericho. Ranger- uh, Ranger- it's, it's not <laughs> quite as good as the Sectarian nah, banner, I'm afraid. No. So right, we're gonna to have to think of this. Uh, if you've got any football if you were to meet take a football team, mix it up with a wrestler and come up with a pun. Have a think about that. Get back to us on Twitter at wrestling daft. Thank you very much. Um, let's talk Thunderdome. We don't need another hero. So, uh, <laughs> WWE has moved out of the Performance Center and is creating the Thunderdome in the Amway Arena in Orlando. Gary, what is the script with this?
1: <laughs>
0: so, it had been kind of rumoured for a while that we were looking and doing stuff elsewhere. But then it just all got confirmed and happened in the space of, what, a week, maybe? Um, so the first kind of confirmation, I believe, came between WrestleVotes and John Alba. Um, WrestleVotes, obviously, always kind of on the ball with wrestling rumours. John Alba, I keep mentioning, as a legit journalist not just a wrestling journalist from Florida, so he's very in the know about what's going on there. He'd put up, like, footage as well uh, of the trucks moving in. But, man, I don't think anybody kind of expected the length of what they're going to with this, so... Thunderdome.
2: <laughs> we don't need another TV Because,
1: like, I've been speculating on what this is in my head all day since they made this announcement. Is there pictures and I've just missed it? There are no pictures
0: of it completed in any way. One of the roadies put up a few wee images of it, um, but it looks in no way complete. However, a man who I, I, I know I would love to interview this guy, a lot of journalists would love to interview this guy, done a rare interview yesterday, Mr. Kevin Dunn. Oh, did he now? Yeah, and uh, oh, some interesting uh, little, and, uh, snippets. little snippets. I've got a couple of wee, um, a couple of wee things that he said about it here. So I think I don't know if any of you guys seen what the NBA have been doing with these, and and oh, what Manchester City have done as well with the actual
2: screens. <laughs> uh, There's more more supporters in with the screens than there
1: are fans uh, <laughs> at Manchester City. <laughs> so can hey, I give you my mind for what it is? <laughs> Are either of you aware of what a dome is or a full 360 immersive projector? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, like I think
1: we might, have you ever seen um, like Childish Gambino's been using it for shows, a lot of artists now do it in the arena to put visuals on. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have that over the ring and then like crowds and stuff projected on the outside.
0: Well, apparently, apparently, um, um, according to Kevin Dunn, he said it won't be a flat board. So that kind of yeah, leads know. into that. Yeah, obviously Dome would suggest that anyway. But apparently, the, the thing I found interesting, they will have rows of fans amounting to almost 1,000 LED boards. And they're going to try... This is the bit that I think John is going to be sentimental when I say this. They're going to try and mix arena audio with the virtual fans audio so that you can hear the fans chanting. and am like... That sounds messy. That, that just sounds to be very, a- very messy. That sounds
1: awful. Don't that do that. Don't
2: do- that is going to be horrible. Yeah, they're also count- going
0: to have a. They're going to have drones flying inside the arena to get like proper camera angles and stuff like that. They're, they've built a a roof inside the Amway Center. They're going to do projections, and apparently said they might have fans for certain entrances standing up and cheering for baby faces. But, and this was the exact example, for someone like Bray Wyatt, who's so character driven, the entire Amway will just be one big fiend And that was dome, not dome. Uh, but that's, um, apparently, they're going to go all out with pyro. So, fl- flying drones in the arena, putting the roof on, and then we will have uh, the whole arena turned into content. So, he said, when a big star like Drew McIntyre comes down, the arena will be turned into content with lasers, pyro, smoke, and projections on ah, top of the like, building. It's and it's like an a nightclub. <laughs> so, the thunderbolt, Get the tunes on! The, the first thing that came to my mind is I'm like, I can't wait to see Naomi's entrance because if they go out with that, that'll oh, be I absolutely am- brilliant. Especially the proje- projections on top of the building and on the floor. I'm like, that sounds absolutely amazing. I think there's a lot of stuff that sounds a bit like it might not work about it, but I'm, I'm going to remain optimistic because. The one thing I will
1: say is it sounds like they've taken every little cool concept they can think of and thrown it all into the Thunderdome. Maybe they should have had a little bit of restraint and thought, <laughs> right, we'll introduce these slowly. We'll slowly layer up the Thunderdome. But...
2: Oh, it's Vince. Of course he's got to go in and Boz deep, isn't he? That's it. Exactly. How much? We're going money... have
0: two days to test that, apparently.
2: How much money is this costing? Being in mind they've just let go a whole raft of wrestlers. I how much money... Is that, Yeah, well, how much money is this costing? It must be yeah. a small penny.
0: So I can't tell you how much it's costing all in, but I know how much the venue cost is. Go on. Right. So, and I'll preface this by saying this is based on them being at the Amway Centre for two months, which is the original lease they're expecting to be there for two months. So, don't want to spoil it for anybody. Probably about time to uh, cancel your uh, hotels if you're traveling to any WWE UK shows because they are two months away. No, that I think anybody was feeling too optimistic about that anyway. But yeah, um, so this is for a two-month lease. The Amway Centre obviously isn't able to have people in it right now, so they are not really losing anything by having a residency here. The cost of two months at the Amway Centre running these two shows a month and then their pay-per-views, $450,000.
2: That so, a lot, that's a bit cheaper than I thought.
0: I, actually. sounds like a big number when you first hear it, but then when you think how much the TV deals are worth to WWE, yeah, you know we know how much the SmackDown one is because it came out recently. I think it was two point five billion dollars. <laughs> um, yeah. So consider that it's, it's Money worth. spin. Consider that it's like, worth that. It's, it's it kind of works out decent as well as um, when you consider you know cost of security and stuff isn't it really going to come into it. You know, you're not going to need to have people right. on merch stalls. You're not going to need, to, like, a Like apart for security, you're not really going to need much.
1: So, apart from yeah. all the lasers and pyro. <laughs> lasers well, and pajamas, they Because do they, they, they'd keep them, they'd reuse them. Like, if this goes well, they'll start taking bits of this and setting it up in arenas as they move forward. I, well, you'd yeah. think they would have done that, but with WWE, you can never quite be sure, can you?
0: Oh, oh so it's worth noting. Um, so, the, and I think, people might have guessed this anyway, I'm not sure. But it's worth noting that the the actual full kit, the Thunderdome kit, it's not from WWE. It's not their, you know, kit. They are, they've hired in a third party for this, I believe called Family Something. Um, but they, they've definitely hired in somebody to do all this. So you'd have to think, maybe the fact they've only got two days testing, it might actually be okay for them to only have the two days of testing because they might not need that much to, to do it um, it was sent in the two seconds I've got the press release here the famous group the famous group is the the, the group that are, that are doing everything for them so I I,
2: away, the I'm, I'm excited about it right now I mean I'm not is Tina Turner going to turn up we're obviously <laughs> referencing if you are of a, a a younger age we're obviously referencing this has come from Mad Max 3 the return to the Thunderdome
1: Mel, Mel Gibson's obviously opening the show
2: Mel Gibson opening the show. Having Hulk Hogan get them both in there. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> The perfect combination. Tina Turner singing We Don't Need Another Hero. Children running around, dwarves running around, um, lots of cars. Um, that's what I expect from it. So WWE better deliver.
0: Yeah, yeah. And my main thing is that. I'm absolutely devastated that Triple H isn't on the card to do the Mad Max entrance into the oh.
2: tournament.
0: But uh, I'm just looking at the famous group stuff here. It's They seem like they do a lot of the kind of graphic style stuff that, you know, WWE projects the graphics um, for the broadcast. And it's got, like, raised graphics just hovering in the sky. I hate that. (laughs) It looks like they do a lot of that kind of stuff, but obviously a lot better than what we're used to. And the actual screens, it does look like they've got a lot of kind of circular screens. There's a a thing that I'm watching right now that is projected onto a basketball court, and it is, like, a full um, interactive game. They've got, like, a, a kind of basketball player going through, and they've got buildings coming up shooting along, like, throughout it looks absolutely brilliant. So I am I'm excited for it now as well. Is SmackDown happening in the Thunderdome Gary? This week's SmackDown is and every other Smackdown, so I've got the schedule here. Um is the Raw easy, was... yeah, e- easy Yeah, easy Raw last night was not um yeah. but going Smackdown forward will be the test. absolutely I absolutely everything um in August, you know, SmackDown, Raw, SummerSlam and Payback are all from the Amway. However, NXT is not. NXT is remaining fulfilled say, the same as TakeOver. Right, so. okay,
1: okay, that's it. And I'm assuming... That's nice, it, it creates the separation again. And I think it's NXT it. feeling the performance
2: centre. No, exactly. And I'm assuming NXT will keep going with the crowd and stuff around the, around the arena and stuff like that. Ah, yeah, that seems right. so. Oh, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to watching that at SummerSlam, be inter- or SmackDown as well. That'll be interesting. Um, so, yeah, we'll probably talk about the Thunderdome going on as the show goes. Uh, but this week, after several edits, we've finally got to... <laughs> Enzo Amore, the certified G, the Bona Fide Stud, the Smack Talker, Skywalker. Gary caught up with him recently. It was ahead of Talking Shop Mania, but we've edited all that out, so because that's gone now. But interesting guy, interesting interview. The boy loved to talk, Gary. Hi, um, this was a well spent day for me.
0: Uh you know, I, I make a point I never gone to the toilet during interviews, so that was good fun.
2: Um <laughs> I think I was there for about an hour. <laughs> Boy, love to talk. Boy, love to talk. So uh, yeah, he is going to be on the show uh, talking about his relationship with Vince, talking about defending the Cruiserweight title on the Indies as well. So yeah, I thought it was good, good chat. uh, And definitely you got your, you got your money's worth out of him. that's for sure. Uh, We've taken about an hour down to about 20 minutes. So you'll hear that later on. (laughs) It's actually only four and a half minutes. And that's including all of the bleeps. (laughs) No, unbleaked, unedited, apart from the bit that Gary told me to take out (laughs) about certain things. Uh, uh, Later on in the show, we'll obviously have the news with Gary. We'll be budding and putting over stuff from the big shows. Once again on the Wrestling Daft Raft and heading to Fantasy Booking Island, Gary's got the book after my losing streak. Makes Kurt Hawkins look like a number one contender. Uh, What are we booking this week, fella? Considering you said that Kurt Hawkins was a number
0: one contender last week on Impact, a challenge for the world championship, so more accurate than you'd think.
2: This 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 is, ter- this is turning into like the main show because we're getting more mentions of Impact as the weeks <laughs> go on on this show. Um, it's a yeah, fantasy booking island, John. Just you wait till
1: fantasy. Booking
2: oh island. God! Right. So that's a hint. What we're we booking at
0: uh, Gary? Uh, we're booking Impact Wrestling. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we are we are booking. John's very favourite thing about wrestling right now, Raw Underground. Um, no, we're not even booking that. <laughs> just to get him upset again. No, um so my least favourite thing, retribution. Uh just book it. I don't really I gave you the word retribution. Do what you want. If you write it off TV, you'll probably win. Um, But just do what you want and try and impress me in some way. Good hint. Good hint.
2: Uh, Great. Uh, And it's a feature that is more over than anything we've got on Wrestling Daft. In fact, it's so over that NJPWW legend Tama Tonga bigged it up. It's turning Japanese with Big Alex once again.
1: Well, Tamatonga didn't have a good week. So we'll get into that later on. But yeah, it's not it's not been the greatest of week for the poor man.
2: All right. Okay. We'll look forward to our friend of the show, Tamatonga. We'll find out what he got up to in New Japan a bit later on. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So it's that time of the show where I get to cut a promo on something. Normally wrestling. Sometimes not wrestling. For example, last week I was talking about masks and a big hello to quentin thunderson one of our patrons who got in touch and said hey john in response to alex's jab that your rant doesn't get any feedback usually they're not great sorry right but the most recent one about face masks was spot on fucking hate the people cutting about with their nose hanging out their mask you wouldn't put on trousers and have your knob hanging out your brakes would you wear your mask right you fucking cretins keep up the good work so, I still I, want that guy to have a wrestling career with Rab
0: Florence managing him called
2: quintessential Essential, Quentin Thundersnow. <laughs> so uh, thanks very much, Quentin, and thanks for signing up for the Patreon. If you've got any feedback on any of the show, you can feed it back to us at WrestlingDaft on Twitter. Uh, but for, I've got to cut a promo this week. Right? And this has done my head in for years, absolutely years. But I was on the, the network recently watching the Monday Night Wars documentary. Have you watched any of that? No, I've actually not watched the
0: um, documentary yes, it's at all. Good,
2: it's
1: good. Well, I think the one thing to say is that the, the victor always writes the history.
0: Well, some.
2: that's <laughs> exactly it, Alex. That's exactly what we're coming from. Yes, it's a WWE perspective on the Monday Night Wars, I would like to add. And it's obviously dated a wee bit because you've got people like Ryback and CM Punk and all that doing the talking head stuff. But the one thing, there was an episode about DX, obviously. You've had an NWO episode. There's a full episode about DX. And this is what I'm getting to. Why the fucking hell do they refer to a Jeep with a bit of gutter in paint and green as a tank every (laughs) single time? (laughs) WWE, like, you know, we're now probably 10 years, more than 10 years, we're 20 years on from it now, and they still refer to it as the DX tank. Now, as far as I'm concerned, when I was growing up, a tank is something with caterpillar wheels with a cannon which fires rockets on top of it fully armoured around the side. If you were to get a child to draw you a tank, they wouldn't be drawing a fucking jeep with a little bit of tubing on it. That is not a tank. Do go and ask a child now to draw you a tank. That is not what you're getting. So why, oh why, the WWE constantly refer to it as a tank? It's not a tank. A tank's a tank.
0: I've just done a wee bit of journalism while you were cutting the promo. Would you like the definition of tank? Just yes, to clarify... Please. A heavy armored fighting vehicle carrying right, okay, guns right, and moving on a continuous articulated metal track.
1: Definitely was done.
0: So that is not what uh, the DX tank was not a tank.
1: It was it was more of an assault jeep or an assault truck.
0: Aye, I don't even know if it had the the, the
1: standing gun in the back. I can't remember. I can't remember if it did. But the worst thing is they're devaluing they're, they're devaluing Rusev's tank and, and Slayton's tank. tank. Yeah, Georgey's <laughs> you know, got
2: more it's of a it's tank it's than it's the, it's the DX did. Up. Exactly. Shots, he's got more of a tank than DX. So stop it right now, WWE. It's not a tank. It never was a tank. Thank you. Every week, we like to look at the big wrestling shows. We normally do it in the company of my mark, but I couldn't convince anyone to watch SmackDown this week. We're really going to have to rethink this feature part. Um, so let's separate the good from the bad in professional wrestling as we go through the shows, and we'll kick off as we normally do with AEW Dynamite and Big Alex.
1: Well, there's going to be a bit of a running theme to my commentary this week that I decided to watch all of the wrestling this week whilst quite, quite drunk. Um, so this so I've done the job. So John Alex, before he gets the wrestling, wants to put over something else. He wants to put over Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the demo. <laughs> yes! The level, the feeling, the controls, the reverb, the music, the nostalgia. Yeah, that's that was his notes. And he also wants to bury the fact that you can't buy a Tony Hawk's birdhouse shirt in the UK right now. It's very upsetting. <laughs>
0: But now and that we're the still not getting any news of Darby Allen being a, a special downloadable character. I'm still hoping that that happens, but I
1: don't think it works. You're, you're the man with all the Twitter power, Gary. Get on it. Get on
0: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. it. Tony. <laughs> Tony must be on Twitter. Tweet him, guy. He is, but I, I think I would job out to him. Um, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try.
2: <laughs> the campaign starts here. <laughs>
1: Well, now on to the wrestling. So it was a meh week of Dynamite. We had JR at one point describing picture-in-picture picture as restaurant quality, and we had Tony trying to be down with the kids and talk all about the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> the what a YouTube. cool guy. I love that. Did he refer to it as the YouTube because all... <laughs> no, I don't think he did. It's just me. I just no, find I'm, it bit weird that Tony that goes like... In
3: front
2: of everything that they don't think there's a new concept, isn't it? The Twitter, the Facebook, <laughs> the Instagram, and that goes in front of everything that they don't understand.
1: It's classic, really, isn't it? It's classic. Yeah. But this week, speaking of commentary, my first over is actually going to be Kaz. Taz on commentary, I used to really kind of dislike Taz on commentary back in WWE days and a little bit so much in his TNA days, TNA comment one, Um, but he's kind of reined it in a little bit, he's doing a lot more of the technical stuff just now, I'd say he's almost being more play by play than being color, which I think for him works a lot better as he's very good with all the technical aspects of things like we were getting in those like cool little promo packages he was doing a couple of weeks ago about Brian Cage and stuff, which I really liked. And he works a lot better with Tony and JR than I think than Excalibur does anyway. There's a little bit more back and forth there, I think, because they're probably pals with him. So yeah. they get on better. And on top of that, I want a fantasy book commentary team. Can we have one week of Jericho, Excalibur and Taz?
3: Ooh. Can we try it,
1: Just see how it goes?
2: No, so I think it You need a play-by-play. You need
1: a play-by-play in there. Taz, Taz is play-by-play. The, the Excalibur can be kind of your look, like Jericho's colour, and then Excalibur can do more of the match analysis stuff. I think it would work well.
0: I still keep saying that I really want to see, it, and I don't know if any of you have watched the the women's tag team cup tournament. But Veda Scott on that's been absolutely amazing. And the first, like my first introduction to her was through the Taz show. I would love to have her and Taz on commentary. But I like that idea as well, and to get rid of Jim Ross.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think because I quite, I actually prefer Tony when he's doing these little interview segments. I think it can be quite yeah. funny when he gets slacked off with a wrestler, and he can have a little bit of back and forth. So make Tony the interview bitch. Jr. can retire and then change commentary. <laughs> now it's time for Barry number one. Cody and Scorpio's entrances. Why the fuck does Cody need so many people in his entourage? Like Jesus, it gets bigger every fucking week.
2: I and, like, think that's intentional. Flag. That's, intentional. They're, that's that's they're they're moving them towards heel. I I kind of I picked up on that as well. And I think they're going to build and build on that. And they're because he's they're slowly drifting towards heel them.
1: I do kind of agree with that. And he's got a new. Did you catch his new nickname, John? You're, you're
2: going to love it. Oh, I did. I did. Tell me the brilliant use of alliteration that they you- use. The
1: Prince of Pro Wrestling. And you even had JR comment that it was a fucking marketing term. And you're just yeah. like, hold on. <laughs> the fourth wall. <laughs> so now it is time for Drunk Alex interlude. Lance Archer started Raw Underground two weeks ago on Dynamite and they ripped off the concept from him there. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Because it's true. Because He did. He's been beating everyone up, and also, why did they strip Jake Roberts naked on TV? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Barry number two, Brody Lee and his B-list belt. Goni, stop fucking stealing belts, Brody. This is the <laughs> second belt you've stolen in as many feuds, right? For goodness' sake! So, I would put money on the fact that next week, Eva Uno and Stu Grayson are going to steal the tag belts, or they will do it within a month. Right, right. What did you, what did you make of the finished belt? Still hate it. (laughs) The little bit of gold doesn't make any difference. And JR even called it burgundy. It's not burgundy, it's red.
0: It would look a lot better if it was burgundy. That's my complaint. Because I, I, I mentioned it before that I didn't hate the first belt. It just did look unfinished. This one still looks a little bit unfinished. But my main problem with it is, well, there's two. But one is the blank space around the TNT logo, which I know is because the logo is a circle. I guess. The other one is that the, the banner that the word champion is in is very red for the champion font to be in gold. So it's just a horrible contrast. I'm like, make the
1: Philheng Burgundy and you'd be sorted. But Yeah, like tone it down, I think. Because it's just because that red's so vibrant. If they just pull it back a couple of notches, make it the same as the, as the North American title, it'd be a lot nicer, a lot right. classier anyway. But what can you do? Pull over number two. Tully fucking Blanchard. Oh, Yes. <laughs> I thought <laughs> Tully was great He was absolutely on the money And he kept making little jabs at Arn the entire time Which was just class And then I'm going to steal an extra bury. I'm burying Ricky Morton for his wee jab at Tully Unacceptable Ricky Stop Morton was the bump Ricky Morton took Aye
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait.
1: Ricky Morton can never die <laughs> like, He's just he's an absolute
2: 63. He's 63
1: Ricky Morton crazy.
0: who has wrestled More good friend Enzo who's on the show later
1: yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I did really like the Dallas story that uh, what was it, he tried to get uh, the Rock and Roll Express over to an ICW show, but he couldn't because they weren't allowed to leave the US for like uh-huh.
2: reasons being or something. Uh, ah, yeah.
1: <laughs> a bad kid. Yeah. being a bad kid.
2: Yeah, I want get uh, so, uh, episode back. Yeah, I think it was episode 20 something back in the archive. Get yeah. all that.
1: There you go, John. I'm putting over your old episode. Thank you very much. Thank you and very finally, John drunk Alex has decided he's not doing a match of the night, but this week instead, we're getting the Kenny Omega fact attack. So, does anyone know where the one-winged angel name from Kenny Omega comes from? No. Okay, so I discovered this from a podcast, of all things. He's from Final Fantasy VII, because they call the bad guy in that the one-winged angel, and it's she translated into New Japan. The same podcast, I learned that the guy that does his theme tune also does video game metal covers on YouTube, and that is his main thing that he does. He's called Little V. It's it's quite hilarious. And um, Kenny Omega fact attack number three is there's been another Detective Gary situation on Reddit, and someone has pointed out that every week Kenny Omega's hair gets slightly darker.
2: Oh, is he turning heel as well then?
1: Yeah, yeah for the for the Kenny Whoa. heel. That's
0: someone wait, and I know I'm wanting to talk, but that's someone with a lot of time in their hands.
1: Uh, <laughs> Gary
2: someone's trying to steal, us, steal
1: your at least, you can, at least you can get an excuse because you're a journalist who works in the <laughs> well, you can be like, well, don't worry Gary will be
2: ripping that off and that will be on twelve. oh aye. oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: ripping it off Reddit so I mean it's, it's not original material coming from me I
2: was
0: really hoping the match of the night was going to be Sammy Guevara against the production slash cameraman who dropped him out <laughs> Uh, one minute left, 15 seconds <laughs> <That>, left. <laughs>
2: that, that was a good watch, loved that, loved that. Uh, moving on to NXT, uh, when you're saying AWs and meh, this was really subpar NXT this week, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Where to start then with the bunnies, I've got an awful lot written down here. Uh, could we go for the fact that on alliteration, Carrying uh, Cross and Scarlet are now called the first couple of Carnage? No, it's not going to be that. I thought they were the Duke and Duchess of Destruction. No, they're the first couple of carnage now. Um, Could it be the fact that Johnny Gargano dresses up his dog in human clothing? No, it's not that either. Uh, And I'm going to put in the fact that Finn Balor in his promo had a dig at demographics in the promo. He says, it doesn't matter if you're 18, doesn't matter if you're 49 or an retirement home. Everybody comes and watch Finn Balor. I thought it was a nice little dig back at AEW. I liked that. I like His that. Balor Club is for? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> hey. um, and on top of that, I can get on board with a Velveteen Dream Finn Bauer card or a program. I can get on board with that. What I can't get on board with her, and this is on Velveteen Dream, is that after everything that he's been accused of, after all the screenshots that everybody's seen on Twitter... Velveteen Dream was back. Now, I love Velveteen as a, Dream as a wrestler, but without any apology, without any statement made, he was just back on television, and I thought that wasn't a very good step from the WWE. I don't the know worst, how you guys... Went. Oh, man,
0: the, the worst thing they could have done with it was just not being transparent in any way, and that's what they've done. Uh, I know it's something that came up earlier in the week um, that they did put something out, but it had to be out before he yeah. appeared. Uh, and it's just uh, it's just daft. I think it doesn't make any sense.
2: I did read an interview with Triple H saying that they investigated, but they, they didn't find anything. Mate, just go out jump on Twitter. You'll find plenty of evidence on Twitter of it. Um, but yeah, I think that was... Mm, I know they've obviously got a bit of investment in the Elveteen Dream, but I think mm, the, with the way the world is right now, I don't think that was a very good idea. But anyway, so that's my first buddy. Second buddy is... Right, so first of all, Karrion Cross ca- can't use a pen because he can't sign properly. Just watch that back. He, he, if that was his signature on the contract for the Keith Lee Carrying Cross match at takeover, it's null and void because that wasn't his <laughs> signature. He just grabbed the top of the pen and went like that. Anyhow, that's moving on to the main buddy, which was, what the fuck? Come on. A fireball which went nowhere near, apparent fireball come out of a contract from nowhere now. Obviously, Karrion cross has got magic powers or Scarlet Borough has got magic powers now. And this blast came up with Noah and blinded Keith Lee. What is <laughs> the obsession <that laughs> so
0: his at the moment? I still don't know if I liked or disliked the segment, but the, and I've watched it a lot of times, but the one thing I'll say, what's this fucking obsession with eyes? I know! But then again, and they've done it last night on Raw. They had some Dolph Ziggler stick a thumb in an eye during underground as well. It's, stop with eyes!
2: Stop it! Stop it! It's keeping opticians in business, at least. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean, like, just, it wasn't very good. And then they ruined, like, obviously, uh, Big Demo and uh, Drake Maverick went into a match, and it was all split screen, so it totally took the focus on that. Even worse is the Undisputed Era just came down and destroyed those two for no apparent reason at all. Okay, if you're going to do that with well, Undisputed Era, at least tie any in a story or some, uh, but anyway. just yeah.
1: of Pat McAfee not even that part I mean, the- of the McAfee era <laughs> that's
2: one! It was, it was a bit of a mess that whole section so that's my buddies uh, and final put over I've just got to say well done for the fact that Johnny Gargano proved that wrestlers can use ladders effectively and properly because um, he was putting in a light bulb in that whole Gargano's at home section and he'd done it very effectively climbing the ladder and being able to change the bulb so if he is in a ladder match going forward He's got good practice, and we know it's all a work if he can't climb the ladder properly. So uh, that's my buddies and putovers. overs um, Not a great week for NXT. Struggling for a match of the night. So I'm just going to give it to... I like the woman, the female tag match. was all right, but I'm going to give it to Damien Priest and Big Reed. He, uh, Bronson Reed will be a, a, a big star. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. So yeah, that is my assessment of NXT this week. Let's move on to SmackDown. I know.
0: It was a weird one again at SmackDown, wasn't it, Gary? Aye. Um, aye. Aye. Well, uh, I just, aye. It's, it's just going to be the running theme. But I the, the, the main thing, I liked seeing, you know, Shotzi there. I liked seeing um, Tegan Knox there. I liked them featuring a lot of women. Dana Brooke got a good showing. Um, Bailey was even wearing a Dana Brooke t-shirt, which was nice to see.
1: Dana but, Brooke do her front flip. She is the best entrance in the business.
0: I don't even remember if I've seen that, but I absolutely love that. And I also think she's, she's one of the best right. theme tunes in the, the film business as well. I love her theme tune. Her, um, her best,
1: the best bit about Dana Brooke is her entrance, and every time I see her, they cut it, and I'm really upset. Uh, I'm yeah. Really
0: <laughs> up. Oh, well, that, I, I, this might just be me for a berry, but my berry comes for the same thing that I've just put over. Asuka winning that
1: match. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that card for SummerSlam looks really weird. Like, I kind of had to take a double take when I checked it before this podcast and kind of went back and saw what happened. And I was like, what? That's going
0: to two matches. And the the full match was messy as well. And it's annoying because I said, this was the same thing that I said. Here's another impact reference. The same thing I said at uh, Slam Aversary. the multi-women matches, you're right, there's a lot of talent in the match, but it seems like they're always really overbooked. And this, yet again, was really overbooked. So, it just the, the end didn't cut it for me. My other put-over, which I think uh, other people are probably going to either agree or disagree very strongly on, was just Braun Strowman's big bald head. <laughs> I like it. As, eh, it looks a bit like the big show, but it's probably better than the, the weird like, Vikings haircut they had before. So
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. what do we think about Strowman kind of keel turn? Is he going to align himself with the Fiend, do you think? I think it was a double turn.
0: Do you think it's, it's better? I think it was. I think tur- it was, aye, I, th- I think that's what they were trying. I'm not sure how effective it was, but I think they were doing a double turn, which doesn't make any sense because the Fiend's kidnapped <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alex. Yes. Fiend can't be a face. That's, that doesn't make any sense. She might have went voluntarily. We don't know her motivation. <laughs> yeah.
0: so I, I think that's where we're going, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're trying to do that to be nothing with the fiend, where they know people like him. So. I guess, try and make him that cool anti-hero
1: type guy. I don't know. It's goddamn merch sellers and their are goddamn merch. Who would have everyone to book <laughs> um, buddy,
2: Gary? You're just doing one. Eh. He's doing... How
3: many do you want, uh,
2: <laughs> I think... Um, I'll tell you maybe. what. I'll I, throw in a couple of you. I think the Mandy Rose, Sonia DeVille uh, build's been brilliant. And I think that, that has the potential to be a really, really
1: standout match
2: in the SummerSlam card.
1: And Have WWE shaved a woman's head before live on television? Molly Holly. Oh, uh, and Sabrina in uh, CM Punk as well. Aye. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, so this would be number three? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's good. I think Biggie's look. I think a singles run for Big E excites me. Uh, They're they're doing it the right way,
0: I listened to a podcast recently that had um, Big E talking about, I can't even remember what it was, but it was talking about the the Booker T comments about how we should be really serious and stuff, and he's like, well, it wouldn't make any sense for me to just randomly be serious, I might as well be me, and then if you want to make a a point of making me serious, there needs to be something that happens, so I'm glad they're sticking with him being a funny guy that is just good in the ring, because that's okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, is there a match tonight you would like to put over? Yes, Grand Metalik versus Shinsuke Nakamura because I love Grand Metalik and those two in the ring, I am never going to complain. Morrison v Biggie was good when it eventually got started as well.
2: And the Witcher House Party are reunited as well as Kalisto returned, didn't they? Didn't Aye, Kalisto's back. Get the tag titles on them as free bird rule. That's uh we Do you know what? Why not? They're great workers. They're great in the ring. You know, obviously, they've been in the sense since they're shown at Extreme Rules. So, yeah. No, not Extreme Rules. Um, what's his Elimination
1: Chamber. Elimination Chamber. Aye. Uh, Okay. Have, you been, have you read about why that? Why they're suddenly getting a higher push up the card? Ooh, I read something that was quite interesting. Was that um, I think it was Daniel Bryan pitched a couple of ideas a couple of months ago, and he's slowly been getting a little bit. Vince has essentially started listening to him a little bit, so he's been pushing to get like Lucha House Party more of a showing to get Gable back in and hopefully get rid of Shorty G and stuff. And yeah, it was interesting. It's, it sounds like that would make sense to me.
0: That's a much better reason than the one I thought you were going to say, which was the rumour that came out where it was because (laughs) Dave Meltzer said that he liked (laughs) liked the the leak. And I was like, that is just definitely not the case. I
2: I like him,
1: but... Daniel Bryan, (laughs) yes. Dave Meltzer, (laughs) not quite so much. I know you and him are tight, but...
2: (laughs) 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 Right, let's move on to Raw and let's see if we can get at least something. We've been meh all all throughout this segment. We've been meh, meh, meh. Please tell me Raw was good last night.
0: I was very tempted to bury Raw and put me over for watching Raw. Oh, That's how bad it was. <laughs> oh, I, I was God, very tempted, not. but I decided not to. It yeah, was go
2: home for SummerSlam
0: last week. Should have been the go home for SummerSlam. It was really, it was half bad, half nondescript. Really? It was just. It was probably the worst Raw this year. Um, which I guess it's good because it's the departure for the performance center. So, eh. but yeah, I did find a couple of things to put over. Good. My first put over, I was going to just put over Shayna Baszler's new ring gear because she's got this nice maroon ring gear with a big spade on it. Obviously, Queen of Spades and all that stuff. But then she turned up later in the night in Raw Underground again with Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. And uh, they had a wee kind of weird face-off when, when Aya Jax, but just them being together was good. And she also destroyed uh, a woman for fa- Evolve, who is Joey Janela's real-life girlfriend called Brandy something. Uh, Really talented worker. I just know she's called Brandy. I I know WWE used a surname for when she faced Lacey Evans. But she was there, took a a beating for Marina Shafir, and it was just good to see them back together. Um, So I that was the the put over. Uh, I've got one kind of of put over I'll save to the end just to make it seem less harsh. (sighs) The first Barry... And I feel like this is definitely an important thing to be the first Billy. I'm a big fan of Mickey James. I think I mentioned last week how excited I was to see Mickey yeah. James return and see her go up against Natalya because both brilliant wrestlers. Gonna be a brilliant match. Can't wait. For a start, Mickey James doesn't get a televised entrance and her comeback 14 months away. Um, and then the match starts. Two seconds later, Seth Rollins comes out. And they've just got Seth Rollins shouting at Samoa Joe, and the cameras on them while Mickey James and Natalia kinda wrestle in the background. And then the match ends, and I count out. <laughs> Mickey James just gets counted out after um, Lana takes a photo of her. Terrible, just the worst presentation I've seen at anybody on their comeback. I think, and uh, absolutely, I, like I was just rage. I don't get angry about wrestling much, but I was sat there going, "How can they do this to Mickey James?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was just absolutely terrible. I'm just, absolutely I'm just going it. to Gary's Twitter right now to see the, twi- the tweet of rage that, is, <laughs> <laughs> that put out after that. Have you got another buddy to, uh, put over then? Um, I actually had another buddy as well. Oh, go
0: on. So there's two short ones that that didn't make the cut, but they're worth mentioning, so they kind of did make the cut. MVP, the heart Business, got... Um, The numbers evened up after attacking Apollo with Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, and Ricochet all coming to the ring. And then MVP says to Apollo, while Apollo's standing on the rope flanked by these three guys, Apollo, if you can find two people stupid enough to team with you, then we're going to face you in a six-man elimination tag team match. And it's like, he's got three people beside him. I think I can just pick two of them. So it was just a stupid comment. The other one that didn't make the cut was the Demi from The Bachelorette's acting absolutely shocking act
1: and stop featuring. Why are you surprised at that, Gary? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I just wish they wouldn't do
0: it. Um, but the main other Barry, we got through everything without mentioning them so far. I know we mentioned them earlier, but we got through the full berries and put overs without mentioning them. Retribution. They turned up and caused absolute chaos for the first five minutes of Raw and then disappeared for the rest of the show and everything was back to normal again. And it's like, did they have a curfew? Were they, what? And they actually caused chaos. They went in the production truck and were smashing iPads and TVs and stuff. <laughs> so they caused some kind of chaos. But chaos that would stop the show. And it did stop the show. They went to black screen and then just came back and everything was normal. The no explanation. And then even later on in the night, they ran what was essentially borderline an advertisement of an emotional package on retribution, which I hate anyway. So it was just bad. Really bad. Yeah. It, uh, last last put over was just them using Ricochet. <laughs> <Well done. laughs> Sorry, not even Ricochet, using Cedric Alexander. They teased uh, the line. Again, MVP gave us a horrible line. The line was about Ricochet. The line to Cedric Alexander to kind of tease a little heel turn that didn't really happen was, I know how you feel. You would feel overshadowed to being in a tag team with a man who calls himself the one and only. And I was like, ah, I like that line, that's good. Um, yeah. So MVP, he might have said something terrible, but also said something brilliant. Match tonight. I was going to say this, but it would send you fizzing into rage again. Arturo Ruaz versus R- Riddick Moss in Raw Underground was good until they just called the ending for no reason. There was no ending. They, they, they went out and were fighting against other people or that stuff. So that was going to be it. But I think people might even be more upset because I'm going to say Ruby Riot Peyton Royce because it was a really short match, but it was good they'll be really good in the ring so
2: aye 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 there we go then. so met all around to every bit of wrestling television this week I'm sure you'll have your very own buddies and putovers and of course you can get them into Rab and Gradle, who are back this week um, get them on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft on Insta Wrestling Daft podcast and just plain old Wrestling Daft on the Facebook the Facebook with the Lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere So as we load up with Pokeballs and get ready to go out hunting, it's time once again to return to Big Alex Jojo for Turning Japanese. How are you, Alex? What's been happening in NJPW?
1: I'm really looking forward to next week's Yu-Gi-Oh intro to uh, Turning Japanese, personally. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to have to continue with the running theme from Burry and put over. So Al- Drunk Alex only has... Two sentences written down for his review of New Japan Strong. To put into context, I watched this after I watched Dynamite, so yeah, it was getting pretty bad by this point. So, those two comments are unlucky, Tam- unlucky Tama, and Alex called it. So, oh. <laughs> um, but to put that into a little bit more context, uh, Tamatonga lost to David Finlay in well, from what I remember it was quite a good match. So, to put it to be knocked out of the New Japan Cup, and Kenta went over Jeff Cobb which was the only thing I really remember from that was a beautiful hesitation dropkick. But that's a lovely wee final. I'm quite looking forward to that next week. I think I'm going to put my money on Kenta to win it because I really want to see Kenta versus John Moxley. I think that would be a really good New Japan-style match.
0: Yeah, I've been saying it every week, but um, Kenta, I believe, is still in the Bullet Club. Maybe this as where we see some good brills. <laughs> <Essentially, laughs> That's the reason I've been watching for the past three weeks.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I think they're just going to let this... They'll, we've got to see Moxley either like next week or the week after. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he comes out at the end of the show next week. It would make a lot of sense. And he's around. So, And it would give them a lot of exposure and a lot of pop. So.
2: I think they're maybe waiting for... I think he might drop the belt in AEW. So they're maybe just waiting for that, potentially. Maybe.
1: I'm not sure. But... There are some other news. They've done something which, in my opinion, just this I'm very confused by this. So normally they have a pay-per-view called King of Pro Wrestling, and it's essentially the last big event before um, Wrestle Kingdom, and normally it's the last time the champion is to defend his title. Like, we got a great Kenny Omega versus Kota Bushi versus Cody in this pay-per-view like, a good couple of years ago. It was class. Um, <clears throat> and so instead of having the pay event this year, they haven't been very specific about what this is for. They're instead having a little tournament thing, to declare the king of pro wrestling right and the first round matches the fans can vote on the stipulations here are the stipulations okay the first one is um well they will compete in either a finisher only match or a no finisher match the second one will either be a two count pinfall match or a five count ring out match and then the other one is going to be a potentially be a one versus three handicap match or a lumberjack with a belt death match and then the other one's apparently a submission match. And I'm trying to figure out where the hell all of these stipulations have come from.
0: I I saw that online and I just went,
1: why? 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 <laughs> like I mean it would make sense if it was like tradi- more traditional stipulations, but I'm not really too sure what difference a two count like a I mean a two count pinfall match, fair enough, but a five count ring out match, that's just, just who wants to watch that.
0: And I would say an all-finisher match sounds terrible, but that's essentially what the um, greatest ever wrestling match was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So That could be great, actually. It could be great or it could be terrible. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. This is the first time I've had to be negative about New Japan on, on turning Japanese. Oh. So this hopefully won't turn people off Japanese, but we'll see how it plays out. It might not be terrible. Do you have any homework for us? Uh, I was a little bit too drunk to think of that this week. So uh, what you could do is go back and watch uh, the match I mentioned earlier so you can watch a match from 2018 or 2017 from King of Pro Wrestling, which is Kenny Omega versus Kota Bushi versus Cody. A very
2: what? rare three-way match. Until next time. out. <laughs> uh, so you guys are guys with beards, yeah?
1: yes yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's <laughs> probably, probably, slightly difficult for
2: you, do you shape, however your neck with a, a razor yes you do to get it nice and trim mm-hmm. alex neck and cheeks to bring neck it down to the you all right you bring it down right can i highly recommend harry's to you um let me tell you about Harry's. really really good i uh, used it i got a trial pack sent to me and i used it the other day and what it's probably one of the best shaves i've ever had i have to admit um, these two guys, Jeff and Andy, they set up Harry's, basically the 200 guys were fed up with overpriced razors. So they set out to fix shaving, and they knew the only way to ensure quality was to buy their own factory. So they went out and bought their own factory, and by taking less profit, they set up the company Harry's and they offer great quality products for a fair price. They're amazing quality blades, they're almost half the price of like the leading five blade brands or um, whatever. And you can get a trial set from, and just give it a shot like I did, because it was a brilliant shave. In the trial set, you'll get basically a razor with a weighted ergonomic handle. Pretty cool. Um, you'll get five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. You'll get a nice shave here, which made me smell really nice. It's a nice al- aloe vera one. The wife quite liked it. She goes, oh, that's, that's quite nice. Um, you also get a travel blade cover as well in the trial set. And do you know what? Here at Wrestling Daft, do you know what, boys? You're going to have to get on this because we've got an exclusive offer for you. Um, you can get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming a trial set for just £3.95 of your pence. £3.95. Don't bother buying a coffee, Alex. You can just get some Harry's. And, you
1: know. uh, I think for next week, John, you're going to have to start shaving us in some like classic wrestling facial hair to show us quite how good these Harry's razor are. Uh, maybe- or- or do
0: a Braun Strowman, I'm sure he used Harry's on uh, Friday when he shaved his head for
2: Smackdown I might
1: I'm might. Go- i not, I think his wife might not like his smell so much no, once I, I'm not like. going that far
2: Gary, but what about the Brian Cage sides? I could use Harry's to get the Brian <sighs> Cage sideies. that would be... Super-
1: that, that's your challenge for next week
2: right, Okay, I'll get on it So. You can do it at home as well by getting your trial set for dollars 95. Support the podcast and get your trial set delivered to you right now. It's got that cool razor with the ergonomic handle, five-blade cartridge, the shaving gel, the travel blade cover, the full shebang. Just head to harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft right now. That's harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft, and you can get as good a shave as you need. I'm
3: afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad.
2: It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy.
0: And I like how we're back to, the, back to the news jingle because I've not been investigating it. And, <laughs> so. No, you yeah, haven't. Yeah, you don't deserve
1: the Inspector Gary jingle this week. Ah. Not
2: exactly. More investigation. Uh. We need that. We need that. Uh, right, okay. So I didn't know this existed. And I mean, was it really fascinated to find this out. That's why I put it in the news. But WWE have a depth chart of... Who's good and who's bad, pretty much? This is the kind of thing that
0: I I think everybody's thought about this. You know, um, I wonder if they've got this kind of thing or whatever. I genuinely thought this was a myth, but apparently it's not. And, you know, Sean Ross sat for Fightful, I think I mention him all the time on here saying... It's because Sean Ross
1: is the best. He's a people for the people.
0: Uh, If you're going to believe somebody about wrestling news, he's the guy He had the Velveteen Dream news like immediately before NXT. Obviously, he came back, so there you go. But yeah, <laughs> this one's interesting, mainly because I'm not sure that people could actually guess who would be in what positions on it. Um, so, SmackDown depth chart. I'm not sure if, obviously, John's seen this. I'm not sure if Alex has seen this. But if not, Alex, would you like to guess who the top baby face on SmackDown apparently is?
1: Well, I'm assuming it's not John Cena, now that you've said it.
0: No active superstars. Only people that are on that that are actively on SmackDown just now. I want to say
1: it's someone ridiculous like Jeff Hardy or something like that.
2: Quite high on the list, but
1: it's, it's not. No, he is,
0: he is high on the list. So
2: you well. have some sort of like uh, you know what they used to do on the charts back in the day. Just have some sort of day de- 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 music going on behind it.
1: So so who so who is number one on SmackDown then? I'm
0: intrigued let's, now. Let's go in reverse order for number three. So number three. Matt Riddle
1: he's a new entry yeah number three well Matt, I mean at least at least they care about Matt Riddle apparently that's made me happy
0: yeah and I'd maybe say the way I would name this is maybe the the most valued babyface oh. asset I think that's the best way to maybe say it but yeah depth chart would be the, you know that's the official term that's the way they're looking at it number two is indeed Jeff Hardy he's a re-entry number one a man who we don't think his face any longer,
1: Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> How in any way is Braun Strowman the biggest baby face on your brand? The man has like literally no baby face characteristics apart from the fact he occasionally drops over a truck. He, pretend, so, he, he
2: pretends he's a train and runs around the ring. I'll always say this, where I think Braun Strowman
0: in the live event era was the most overperson on live events that I've
1: seen. Oh, like when we saw him in Glasgow, Braun got a huge pop. I yep. remember
0: he was great. And he, he is brilliant. He's amazing with with the kids as well. He's done like the Funko stuff, which is brilliant. Uh, but I don't see how you can look at that roster again. Actually, I maybe do. Know how you can see that roster and not think that it, uh, like that's Roman Reigns isn't there? Bryan. So, that's so, above
1: so, Kofi Kingston. Fucking
0: hell. Uh, well, I guess like Roman Reigns isn't he? active on the brand that I would assume he would be number one and everyone would be shifted down but Daniel Bryan is indeed not listed but that's because he's out of action apparently um, due to you know wife giving birth him just being off TV generally that kind of thing I guess Kofi Kingston might be because he's off TV as well again I don't know how far back this depth chart goes if it is just for each week or if they update it every month or how long they update it but apparently I Braun Strowman top baby face and then seemingly turned heel <laughs> who knows
1: well that leaves that that means technically then Gary, I was right. Because that means Jeff Hardy was top of that list because Bron will be <laughs> the child and then Jeff will go
0: to the top. Bron will go to the, the heel list if there is one and um and yeah, Jeff Hardy will be top of the list.
2: <laughs> uh, we talked about it earlier on, talking about heels um, and baby faces switches. The double team dream uh, back in NXT. Um now apart, you know, there was no it came back with no apology, no statement, but Triple H has been interviewed by CBS Sports, Gary. Yeah, and there's another wee bit that I can add to this
0: that was also for Sean Ross Sapp for Fightful as well that was mentioned just before this. So actually I should mention that bit first and then because it came out in chronological order. So Sean Ross Sapp, I mentioned there, he reported that Velveteen Dream was coming back before it happened. Um, so I keep saying it, legit news source. He then reported, the reason I say he's a legit news source is because he then reported that apparently there's backstage heat my favourite term on Velveteen Dream from other superstars who think Velveteen Dream gets preferential treatment Um, which again if you look at how plug and play seems to be is out for months come back he's straight back in the main event hard to argue but apparently it's like he's he's been having some behavioural issues Uh, I believe that was the the correct term that would have seen other people fired Um, that was what Fightful reported so obviously if you take that into account Take into account the accusations and stuff. A lot of questions about Velveteen Dream.
1: Does anyone remember Patrick Clark's personality on Tough Enough? Yes. Because Patrick Clark did not seem like the type of person to end up acting like the Velveteen Dream? I, well,
0: I was going to say maybe it's a full characteristic thing. Where the, at what point does the character become
1: the? the well, he has become Prince. He's morphed <laughs> into Prince. But John, yeah, I've got I've got a uh, an audio clip, audio sample request for next week on the news. Yeah. We get a SAP alert for every time Gary mentions Sean Ross <laughs> Yeah, I mean it in a positive way because I also really like Sean Rosss so no dig to the SAP but we need a SAP alert.
2: SAP alert is
0: happening yeah. from next week. Yep, so obviously all that news is kind of just a precursor for this which is Triple H doing an interview with CBS Sports about Velveteen Dream. What we've all wanted to hear, we've all been wanting that transparency about the allegations, you know it's the one thing that ever since it came back, the reactions, I think Mixed would be a generous way Of saying how the reactions were So everybody wanted this question answered Why was Velveteen Dream off TV? Why did they return? Was there You know, any kind of Investigation? There was an investigation It's now came out that the, the accused Is, uh, sorry the accused The person who accused Velveteen Dream is saying They weren't asked about anything But Triple H has opened up about it <sighs> <laughs> the reason Belveteen Dream was off TV is purely for no other reason than he was in the car crash and was injured. That was reiterated many, many times during this interview and then the allegations were brought up and Triple H said they were looked into and they found nothing. WWE found nothing.
2: So, As I, said, I don't you know. Type into Twitter and you'll find it all right, Triple H.
1: Like, Detective that Gary just... that one out. Well, like, normally Trips is actually really smart, and he normally doesn't put his foot in it like that, you know? It's
0: just... So the one thing I'll say, I feel like I've been moaning for, you know, the past however many days about they need to be transparent. So I can't moan when they are transparent, and I can't really ask, like, I can't accuse them of not being truthful with that transparency. The one thing I'll say is that this interview I think it is worth having a read via CBS Sports because it reiterates the car crash thing many times and then the the exact quotes that he says about the the actual you know <laughs> the actual stuff about the accusations are very minimal. It's worth it's worth reading and kinda of taking what you take for for that. But I for me it's just oh. It, Obviously, it's something that you don't really want to be reading about anyway. You'd just rather it wasn't happening. Um, But it was just a bit... Mm. I feel like there's always going to be that shadow over Velveteen Dream while they are being this, you know, opaque about it, I guess. The lack of transparency. Like, the the opposite of transparency. So, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. I think, if anything, at least there's no crowd to boo
2: Velveteen Dream. I guess you just turn them heel before they actually have a crowd back in. Yeah. Uh, and moving on to probably something that's kind of in keeping with that um, AEW obviously announced last week they've released Jimmy Havoc Sadie Gibbs and B Priestley they've been re- removed from the AEW roster page and then it was uh, emerged later that they were released um, Chris Jericho talked about this Gary yeah um, I'm not sure this is another one of those instances
0: I'm not sure if they were released or if their contracts were up because as far as I remember, I think their confirmation that they were signed where was around this time. No certain on that. One or two of the names would lead you to believe that it might have been a release, but maybe it was just good timing where you know, contract attending. The three names all disappeared to social media really, really um, late. I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I um, well, would that have been Wednesday because that's when it aired. But the names were Jimmy Havoc, who we know was suspended anyway. B Priestley, who's had their own accusations uh, on on social media. Another one was Sadie Gibbs um, that I believe it's worth noting has not had any accusations in any way, but she has hardly featured, I think, would be the best way of putting it on Dynamite. We've seen her twice, I think. Um, or maybe not even that on Dynamite. I think we've seen her on Dark mainly. But the other disappeared to the roster page, a lot of people asking Sadie Gibbs, about it on social media and she instantly answered to say yep been released B Priestley then removed AEW from her bio on all social medias and I think Jimmy Havoc has still been kind of disappeared from social media Um, he still just has Frank Turner lyrics as his bio which I love but obviously I don't want to say that I love anything that uh, Jimmy Havoc does right now because he's still um, well I guess guess he is not under investigation because he's gone for the company Um, but yeah Chris Jericho spoke about it on his uh, his new feature that Saturday night special, where we get so much news for all this from because he's Chris Jericho and he will say what he wants. Um, and he did. He said, "I uh, hate to see anybody lose their job." I like both of them. I don't know what both. Oh, sorry, B and Sadie. He was talking about there. I like both of them, B and Sadie. Um, B is really good. Sadie has great potential. Needs more experience. Which, yes, Sadie Gibbs wasn't the most experienced. Um, what she knows, I think she was ready to move to Atlanta. Um, but then the pandemic hit and those girls get stuck also worth noting none of them were in the country B lives in Japan um, but also England goes between and Sadie is in England Uh, and this is the thing we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Tony Khan said that he hadn't released anyone so far no, it's happened, but Chris Jericho said, I give Tony Khan credit for continuing to keep as many people on the roster from Europe as he did. Um, there's a lot of people from from Europe that he's still paying and unfortunately being said they won't let go. But I would have to think that as long as they keep working and honing their craft that when all of this goes away and they're allowed to travel again, who knows, that could be six months from now. Love them both, um, both great people and hopefully they'll be back in the AEW soon. So, no mention of a certain Jimmy Havoc during that. Um, but obviously it seems like those would be names that would be open, to, or, or, or at least Jericho would be open to them coming back. Interesting, I did mention other names there because we know that Pac has been stranded in England. Yeah. You would have to think he's on a pretty, a pretty decent wage, I would
2: say. So, yeah, interesting I'm, stuff. Yeah, Pac, Pac's, I mean, they'll, they'll want to keep Pac
1: because he's so good. Oh, Pac's, yeah, no, like yep. Pack's far too important.
2: And then you it means you get the return of the death triangle as well, Alex, because we couldn't live without it's that. It's gonna become
1: the death. I can't remember, is it what, what's a five-sided pentagram or hexagon? Pentagon. I want a death pentagon, because I want to throw the butcher and the blade into that, and that's gonna be my new Uber stable. And then that means Pentagon can be the leader. Exactly. It would all make so much <laughs> sense <with> it. <laughs> right, thank you very much,
2: as usual, for the news, Gary. Thank you. So once again, welcome to Fantasy Booking Island. It's the island where anything in wrestling goes. This week, Gary is out on the wrestling daft raft. As me and Alex sun ourselves on the beach. But what are we booking this week, Gary?
0: We are booking your favourite angle with a tank in wrestling. Um no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. My favourite, everyone's favourite faction in wrestling right now. All the opposite of that. Book retribution. I don't care what you do with them. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you book the people in retribution, the angle going forward. Just book retribution. I don't know why I'm punishing me and the listeners,
2: but there we go. Right. Okay, then. So let's do the usual three minutes to book this. Let's flip whatever Gary's got to hand. It might be a coin. It might be a beer mat. Still I'm just a coaster. It's <laughs> just a coaster, okay. <laughs> For your losing
1: streak, you may pick, the, pick your side. Okay. Right. Right.
0: Two seconds uh, to get more um we'll stop watch up as well, but I'll obviously not start it. Yeah. Yep. Um John can call it. Heads,
2: please. It is heads. <laughs> yeah, right. It was because, uh, at least a I don't know what it's edge, but it is heads. Right, okay, I'll go first then. Might as well get this over and done with. Cool. Used to taking the L. Right, here we go. We'll start the clock now. Right, so Summer Slam this weekend. The biggest party of the summer happening on Sunday. Main events, obviously, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Lights start to flicker. Then, after some jiggery-pokey, when the lights are flickering, we find Drew set up for the punt. Maybe that's been a chair shot when the lights have went out. Who knows? But the lights go out, and he's ready for the punt from Andy Orton. However, suddenly retribution or three members of retribution appear they take to the ring and they start beating down on randy what's going on disqualification obviously is called the unmask and it's charlotte tony storm and kelly ray um, that's an aside which will build towards charlotte fair versus randy orton down the line. but that's just an aside of what's happened with Retribution. Anyway, meanwhile, the real Retribution continue to run roughshod through the roster. So, they've, you know, we've seen them hijacked in the, the TV truck. They managed to interfere with the commentary and they managed to do their own commentary over matches. One night, they go into a ref, the referee's room, they batter all the referees, so it's just guest referees for the rest of the night. And the final thing that happens is basically they invade during a Seth versus Drew match, beat down Seth and Drew, and that, you know, because there's a whole thing going on, who's the locker room leader? That basically leads them to Seth and Drew um, uniting together to, to take on Retribution, okay? So basically, they come out to the ring. Seth and Drew, they call it Retribution. Retribution come down to the ramp. Seth goes to face them with the steel chair. Drew's also carrying a steel chair. But Seth turned his back on Drew. Bang! Steel chair shot a la shield. Two Seth Rollins. Retribution come down to the ring and they all basically start hugging Drew. Unmask, who is behind the mask, I hear you say though. We have Wolfgang, Noam Dar, Kelly Ray, Nikki Cross and his best friend Jack Jester, who are all Retribution. And this is Drew's Retribution. He was put Sacked from WWE was put out to the Indies, now he's got the belt and this is his retribution because no one's getting him, no one's getting this belt from him with these guys surrounding him and then they go basically to run roughshod over the rest of the roster.
0: And 20 seconds uh, remaining, so that was actually a good timing. I like it, I really like it. I always say that I would love to see a Scottish faction in there and... It makes sense. My only annoyance is that there isn't a Scottish word for retribution. So (laughs) (laughs) I wish there was some kind of Scottish word that could be uh, used to replace it. But no, that's definitely good. And um, plus points for using the phrase jiggery-pokery.
2: Excellent.
1: (laughs) You're up, Alex. Right, so before I start, my timeline's slightly off, because I got confused, and I thought that there was another week until SummerSlam, so just pretend that that is the case for this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start off in the Thunderdome on Friday night. It's going to be their big debut show, they're going to have their big dome up. Everything's going to start alright, but as the night progresses, there's going to be more and more technical mishaps with the dome. The wrong people's music's going to be played. There's going to be a weird squeaky high-pitched filter coming in and off Michael Cole's voice. There's going to be screens cutting out. There's going to be a big hole in the ring after a move. And at the end, all the lights are going to go down. And the hacker's going to come on the screen. And he's going to say that him and his associates have taken control. And Vince wants his company back. He He has to speak to him. So, throughout the weekend, we get some, like, personal attacks and Instagram attacks on YouTube of Retribution just going roughshod and attacking, like, Vince's staff and his personnel and those close to him. So, Raw starts next week. And everything's kind of fine for the first hour, until we get to our first Raw Underground segment, where Retribution just come in, take over, take out Shane McMahon, and they say they've taken control of the Underground. So, we've got about another hour of Raw until the technical issues start happening again. And it gets so bad that all their new pyro actually starts to burn down in the Thunder Zone. And as such, Vince McMahon has to shut down Raw. So he then has to go downstairs and negotiate with retribution to finish the show by them running Raw Underground. <laughs> so we're gonna get to SmackDown on the Friday and Vince is like, I don't wanna deal with these guys. So what he's gonna do is he's gonna have SmackDown in an unconfirmed location. They're basically gonna do it out of a wee village hall somewhere and it's gonna be an absolute hilarious production fuck up mess. It's gonna be like Kevin Dunn's absolute nightmare, and everything's gonna go wrong. So um, so Vince, is very scared about the hacker, but it's SummerSlam on Sunday, and he can't have another production fuck up. So he doubles down and gets all the wrestlers to come in and beef up security, so he can do all these stupid little skits of Vince making them going through like military style training and stuff. It would be hilarious. So the start of the show, We'll start with, So we get to SummerSlam and basically there's lots of little angles of like Retribution trying to break into the building and trying to fuck things up. But they keep they keep get pushing them back and they keep pushing them back until eventually we're halfway through the main event. Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. And suddenly the camera cuts to the back. Retribution have brought in. have made it in. And you just see about 10, 15 members piling on to a WWE production truck. And they ram it right through the middle of the ramp and into the ring. They come down, start causing chaos, and the leader goes into the ring and he grabs Michael Cole and he takes Michael Cole into the middle of the ring and he takes his mask off. And who is it? It's Shane McMahon. He wants the company back from Vince. He says Vince has lost it. He's shutting Vince down. He's throwing it all away. He's not using the right superstars. He's fucking losing viewers and he's making this, driving the family name into the muck. And if he doesn't retire tomorrow night on Raw, Shane will shut him down like he tried in 2001. And to end the show, he says, I'm not alone. And everyone starts to unmask. And it's everyone that hasn't been used on Raw in months. I'm going to stop there for a run
0: Oh, of time. you're so close to disqualification there.
1: <laughs> oh, I kind of was like, yes, yeah, it's just everyone that hasn't been used.
0: Two minutes so uh, like
1: forty-seven. Get... I like that.
0: Um, obviously, you know, I'm a mark for the hacker. So, so any mention of the Hacker is gonna... That's almost up there with aces and eights for it. Uh,
1: I <laughs> didn't mention aces and eights, I tried really no. hard.
0: <laughs> but aye, I like that with, uh, with Shade McMahon, definitely. I was, Part of me was really hoping you'd disqualify yourself so that I could uh, so I could choose John's, because I love the Scotland angle. But
2: <laughs> sadly it's There's Alex. Not, no McMahon. way! you joking!
1: <laughs> Shane McMahon! Shane McMahon. But it makes sense. It Shane makes McMahon. sense. Shane wants to change the product. That's why he started Raw Underground, because Vince has lost it and he wants to control it.
0: And and the fact that all the fans would agree with Shane McMahon that Vince has lost it and is running the family. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just think it'd be hilarious to have, like, like, the ring surrounded by guys in mass and Shane McMahon saying, like, and here's all my support. And
3: it's like every wrestler. And it's like, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus.
0: I was also very tempted to disqualify Alex for getting his timeline wrong, but, uh, but I think that would be a bit too
1: harsh. <laughs> you see, I considered after I realised that, I was like, yeah, they could like hijack Summerslam and push it back a week. Sure, sure.
2: Alright, <laughs> I'll take the L as per usual. Bloody hell. Shane McMahon. I'm going to do that once again. Shane McMahon. Yeah,
1: but like, was a good use of Shane McMahon?
2: So it's interview time on Wrestling Daft The Marks. Gary's been out and about with his microphone again, talking to people, and he caught up with Enzo Amore. Yep, so um, this was great
0: fun. One of the least polarising, one of the least controversial characters in wrestling history, of course. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, the, the kind of guy that, again, I know a lot of people love him, a lot of people absolutely hate him. The one thing that I think comes across in this, and I will always say this about Enzo, one of the most charismatic guys that wrestling I think ever seen. Maybe a lot of other things didn't quite live up to the charisma and maybe that's why it didn't play out, but man, a guy with a load of stories, a guy who doesn't care at all what he says. Happy to talk, very good at talking, and man, did he talk. Um, we mentioned it earlier that he spoke for a long time, but we got a few nice wee snippets there everybody i think would um would express you know that they probably wish big Cass well a guy who went through a, a lot of hard times last year he gives us a wee update on big Cass. it uh, also talks about a man that we've spoke a lot about on this show for a long time vince mcmahon everybody always wants to know about vince mcmahon you know what are former wrestlers relationships like with vince what were their experiences like with vince there he speaks a lot about that and the thing that he um, made the news a little bit recently when Enzo Amore appeared in a Pro Wrestling tease sponsored ring which we later found out was Talking Shopper Mania's ring holding up the Cruiserweight Championship that he never lost. That's in the background for the full interview so he definitely still has it. The rumour was that he was going to defend it on indie shows. Not sure how that would go down but I did ask the man himself so yep, Enzo Amore, a man with a lot to say. And definitely a man who's probably worth listening to, at least so you can make your own mind up on how you feel about him.
2: And here he is on Wrestling Now.
0: Hey everyone, it's Gary Cassidy here from Sportskeeda. You know my name begins with a G, but today I'm joined by an actual G. You can see what he's got in his hand there. He's got a cup of something, uh, but he's a certified G, he's a bona fide stud. He's the realest guy in the room, despite the fact we're in different rooms. He's the realest guy in this online room. It's former, and we'll mention that word in a bit, former WWE Cruiserweight Champion, but we'll get into that. It's Enzo Amore, but now going by the name Enzo. How's it going today, man?
3: Hey, man. um, First of all, you know my first question. I think you know what it's going to be, do you?
0: (laughs) I think I'm... It's not going to be how you're
3: doing. It's going to be, are you related to a guy named Colin Cassidy, any
0: chance? (laughs) I am not, but uh, that was a question I was going to ask a little bit later. Let's start with that one. I know one. a guy named Colin Cass. Yeah. I know him real well. <laughs> Let's start with that one. Are you guys still in touch? And if so, how's he doing?
3: Oh, man, he's he's in the best shape of his life, bro. I saw You know, he was FaceTiming with him. Is, You know, he was in the mirror for sure, showing me what he's been doing. You know, we have that type of relationship. But at the same time, you know what I mean? I'm like, come on, bro. Take it easy, dude. <laughs> like, uh, I believe you. You know what I mean? I know you're putting the work in. I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of you, so...
0: Well, we know that you're going to be back in the ring. Everyone, I think, has seen that iconic video that has got you holding up the Cruiserweight Championship. Man, I need to ask, are you actually going to be defending that title? Is that something you're going to be taking to rings and competing?
3: Let's just say, uh, like I said earlier, man, Lord knows what the future holds. Just know that I have the title. I'm the realest champ in the room. I never lost it. I got fucking screwed. And uh, I think that most people are, you know, you know, three days after an accusation was made against me, this the girl is on a private Snapchat drilling herself with a fucking dildo, making money. Like, give me a fucking break here, people. You know, people could see through that. And that's why 5,000 people showed up to Times Square when a police report came out that, you know, declared me innocent. And, and here we are, you know, fast forward years later, and there's, uh, you know, just... Uh, an outcrying of support for me uh, that that people that know what real is like. I I pride myself so much in being a real one. And in, in the pro wrestling world, I'll never forget. I have a story that makes things simple, so I don't have to buzz through shit. Okay, I was in pro wrestling in 2012. Came out of YouTube. I had no idea what the fuck was about <laughs> to happen. Okay, no idea, right? I get the opportunity of a lifetime. I've got the Shawn Michaels tattoo yeah. of the heart. <laughs> When I was 17, it was, like, my favorite logo, and I, and I loved him. So, like, it wasn't, like, something that I was, like, overly infatuated with. Sean was out of the business at that time, and Stone Cold was out of the business, and The Rock was pretty much out of the business, the guys that I idolized. And I fucked with John Cena heavy in high school, so I went to Springfield College in Massachusetts, and I met John Cena. I asked them how to be a pro wrestler, and my coaches there, Coach DeLong, knew that I was basically coming to college to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> and I just wanted to meet John Cena and ask him how I can get there. Well, PS, I get kicked out of that school and I end up in the WWE sometime after that. Uh, you know, now I graduate college, play all four years of football. Uh, you know, woke up at 5:30 in the morning for those practices. Committed myself, wrote for the school newspaper and got a degree in writing from Salisbury University. I was on the cover of their alumni magazine. I'm a proud seagull. Um, so. Anyway, man, you know, opportunity of a lifetime in pro wrestling. I have no idea, you know, how how this all happens to me. I I just, like a divinity, you know, Triple H calls Joe DeFranco my strength coach. Like a guy who'd been training me since I was 14. I'm 24 now. And he calls him up because he sees the type of training that we are doing. And these are real athletes. And I'm training with NFL guys across the board. You know, I was... You know, good high school football player, but you know, college. I, I did. I started all all my college career, but I'm not going to the NFL. Everybody <laughs> knows that. I know that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the next thing that I wanted to do was be a pro wrestler. And how do you do that? I had no idea. I didn't even know what the indies were.
1: I didn't even understand. <laughs> I
3: always thought that pro wrestling was tough enough. Like, oh, you got to wait for the next Tough Enough to come out, and then we'll send a video out, and we'll definitely get in. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't understand. I didn't even know what it was. I was in college playing football right for the newspaper, just busy, getting busy. And then you graduate from college, and you're like, how do you even become a pro wrestler? And boom, it just lands in your lap. Insane. Insane. So, like, don't make a movie about my life one day, and it'll be (laughs) unreal. I can't wait to see who plays me. Everyone always wants to know about Vince McMahon. I want to know what are your thoughts on Vince McMahon? Uh, You know, as far as, like, you know, Vince, Hunter... Stephanie, like I can never talk badly about people that gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. My thing is, is that everybody goes and buries these people that worked for them in the past. And my thing is, you know what you're getting yourself into when you (laughs) sign up for that job, you idiots. Who are you to complain? You signed a contract and sold your life for an opportunity. When I sold my soul to, you know, what it was (laughs) to be a pro wrestler in the WWE, I knew very well that I was going to be getting fucked. 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 You know, and that's just what it is, is that he's one of the greatest businessmen that ever lived, ever lived Vince McMahon. So I admired the shit out of him. And I admired the fuck out of Hunter who never slept yeah. because Hunter, to me, to me, it felt like he was, he was going to, um, put the same amount of work in, uh, that it would probably take to garner the respect of a Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? And, um, so, yeah, he's probably proved himself tenfold in that regard as far as the work ethic. And I know Stephanie's a beast, too, you know, as far as work ethic goes. So I can't say anything but I have admiration for their work ethic and uh, their business acumen. And as far as, like, personal and, you know, stuff, like, that's business. I i don't let things get personal. If I if I let things get personal, I would drive myself crazy when I was there, like, yeah. like, And then then the afterlife of the WWE, like people just don't realize how blessed some of us are. Yeah. Like I just went to Gallows and Anderson's house, saw a bunch of guys that are no longer with the company that I have not seen in forever because they were with the company and they're busy. And I'm not gonna bother guys. And I'm on my own. And you know. So I talk to him. I keep tabs on guys, but I haven't seen him in forever. So just to get with the likes of those names that have been mentioned, I don't want to give anything away or what's (laughs) up with that pay-per-view. But, uh, wow, what what a time we had, like a a gathering of the brothers. And to me, it's all that for the better because Gallows is doing so great. He's so happy. He's married with a beautiful lot of land with a wrestling ring on that property. (laughs) And like, you know, just like, he just couldn't be happier. And and, uh, that's the truth of the matter is we owe it to all the fans that give us these opportunities that like follow us on our journey post-WWE. Like, I've been making music for rent money for three years now. People don't realize my music pays my bills. And I have millions of streams. Uh, Whether you like it or not, Um, I'm trying to go this direction and I know that I have fans in pro wrestling that will either never come with me in this regard or fans that, uh, are new fans that I've garnered through music that heard my song grace that were going through something and just like, Hey, I can't even tell you how many DMS I've got from fucking incredible people that I just, I I, I couldn't tell you how heart wrenching it is that I wrote a song about my grandmother right before she passed away grace. You know, and that's the thing about my music. It's real. It's like I'm going through COVID-19. So I write a song, you know, COVID-19 Anthem. It's fuck you, COVID-19. When I wrote Grace, it was a different time in my life. I had gotten fired. I had lost my dog, uh, you know, and then I had just driven across the country to be with my grandmother who had congestive heart failure. And when I sat down with my grandmother and I watched her go through this pain and this agony and and just the way she, you know, uh, went out so gracefully and with grace and just you know, appreciative of having 34 grandchildren. She was a fucking matriarch. (laughs) Like, and her last name is Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. She comes from Ireland, baby. And that's why her mother was sold as a slave to a Canadian family during the potato famine. And as a slave, the people who took her in really bought her as a slave, but let her like free. Like here, you work for us, but if you want to move or go somewhere, you can until things get better here. So she saved up her little money and she moved to West New York. Right here on the Hudson River, looking at New York City, where she had my grandmother. This is where she's born. So I'm, uh, you know, grandfather from Ireland. You know, so that's how I got my passport. And When we walk into, you know, overseas, I'm looking in, I'm walking around, I'm looking at property, dog. Like, well, where am I by, <laughs> bro? I'm a fucking European citizen, baby. You know what uh, I'm
0: saying? Hopefully we'll see you over on the UK soil then, doing some wrestling in the future. That would be great. But, yeah, you know...
3: T- to so that point, man, uh, I'm back I'm back at it in that gracious regard of fans that just, man, I, I, I spent three years away from, uh, you know, wrestling endeavors that weren't L.A. or New York City. Yeah. I, I was L.A. and New York City for the better part of these past, you know, better part of two and a half years now. So I'm going on two and a half years now, just basically making music. But I did have the opportunity of a lifetime. uh That I don't know when it's going to come again because L.A. is a a war zone. I don't (laughs) know what's going to happen there. But we ran the first ever wrestling show at the Comedy Store. I had the first ever wrestling match in that building with Brian Pillman Jr. And I do believe that we're going to get some sex Ferguson, some Chad Too Bad, (laughs) and some Chico, the guys from Talking Shop are going to make an invasion. I, I, I just feel it coming. Uh, the comedy store is, is a new territory boss and I run the fucking territory. Okay. Alongside Chris Burns, Tony Hinchcliffe. We run the fucking territory of sunset Boulevard. Fuck with me. Okay. So, um, just to provide comedy and pro wrestling, uh, side by side, I think is one of the most brilliant things that you can do because pro wrestling is simply that entertainment. It's allowing yourself to suspend disbelief and watch something that just let go of yourself for a minute because this ain't real, you know? So, um, I mean, the pain is real, boys. Chair shots are real. Everything's real. It hurts. And these guys pulled no punches in, you know, what I witnessed at the graveyard, you know? To, uh, I, I and that graveyard's on Gallo's property, boys. Yeah. To watch a man shine with an entire production company with actors and scripts and 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 just sitting there like drinking fucking Bud Light in a Sex Ferguson costume in his property, just <laughs> with hundreds of people around, just you know in gimmick costumes and shit. I I literally will let you people know that I literally made it a point. To go out and give the worst promo of my life.
0: <laughs> that sounds like reason alone to watch Talking Shop Amania, to hear the worst promo ever <laughs> from <The> worst Enzo. worst <laughs>
3: promo Enzo's ever cut is on Talking Shop It's first, third. For certain. For certain.
0: That's, I've only got a, a couple of questions left. They are both about Talking Shop Amania. The first one's a simple one. Why did you do it? Um, you know, Gallows and Anderson, they come to you and ask you to be on the show. Why was it a yes? Uh,
3: well, let's see. I've, 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 I've had three wrestling matches outside the WWE, and uh, if I'm honest with you, bro, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., I met him when John Moxley was wrestling Dean Ambrose yeah. uh, as John Moxley for the first time, you know what I mean? So, big cast wrestled John Moxley. Um. Uh, at Six Flags Great Adventure for Mike Lombardi, shout out Mike! I know he just had a birthday. Um, he wrestled him, and I had never worked on the Indies in my life, and I didn't. I, but here I am at Six Flags Great Adventure. with a meet and greet line! That's as long as you could ever imagine. It's like Mick Foley, Dean Ambrose, Renee, Booker T, Enzo, and Cass, and the card is great and the, and the, and the wrestlers. So I meet Brian Pillman Jr. right there and, and around that. And, uh, I see him and I just loved his look. I saw a fucking bro, the Craziest thing is I saw a picture of a guy that like, just on like, I don't know where doing a fucking springboard clothesline with a blonde mullet that looked great. And he looked great. And I was like, who the fuck is that? Cause it was on like an AW dark or something. Yeah. And I was like, Brian Pillman Jr. He's got a fucking son. I was like, "Holy shit!" And he was one of my fucking favorites. Yeah. So, I meet him at a. I meet him at a, a show with Ambrose and, and and Cass, and he says to me, uh, "Bro, my dad. Uh, you know, you, you know, I'm following his footsteps. You know what I mean? I'm gonna fucking wrestle." Blah, blah. I'm like, "That's man, that's the coolest thing in the world." And so, what an honor and pleasure to meet you. You know what I'm saying? And then he says to me. The coolest thing I've heard in my entire life, maybe, besides Carl Malone and his son, KJ, listen to Phoenix and fucking and, and lift weights. I mean, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, NBA, Carl Malone. Carl <laughs> Malone. <laughs> Malone! So, either way, Pillman uh, says to me that he was talking to Stone Cold, Steve Austin, who was friends with his father and he has a relationship with, and he asked him for advice, and he said, Well, hell, son, learn how to work the stick like Enzo i was like bro that's the highest compliment i've ever been paid i gotta wrestle with you right so i said but fuck the stick man stone Cold's selling me short i'm gonna have a wrestling match with you and i'm not gonna cut a promo i'm gonna have no entrance music and i'm gonna work on the fly with you at the oak part of it uh, we'll get to a cutoff and then we'll get to a finish, but I'll put some steam on you in the heat and I'll put a heat on you, even though the crowd was, you know, for the both of us. Yeah. But for the first, like two minutes of the match, I just put a foot in the rope and you heard, uh, how you doing? Brian, Hillman? how you, or whatever it was back and forth And you know, he had never felt something like that yet. And that was the best lesson that I could teach him was, you know, when he was ready to lock up was me backing off and putting a foot in the ropes. Yeah. So, uh, opportunity of a lifetime to get in the kid at that stature of his career. Cause I know he's going to be great. I know he's the future of the business. And uh, I pride myself with the uh, opportunity to get back in a ring at the mid Hudson civic center and be on a card with Jerry Lawler, David Arquette, the Lucha bros, Darby Allen, big cass, you know, fucking, uh, you know, th- th- there was just a lot of guys. Uh, and I just, I, my last wrestling match I'd ever had in my life was at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center on the 205 Live Tour. Yeah. So when Mike Lombardi tells me that he's running the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, I was like, I got to work on that card, and I'm going to work Pillman Jr. And uh, so he got Pillman Jr. booked against me on that card by my request. We got to rock it. Uh, we had a great match. And then I got Pillman booked on my show at the Comedy Store, and the first wrestling match ever at that show. And then I wrestled him again for the fucking Prince of Qatar and then shout out Ali, uh, you know, out there in Qatar. These, he, I got in contact, uh, Ray Mysterio vouched for my man. Ali and was like, yeah, dude, do the show. It's fucking incredible. You're going to have an incredible experience. And so I got, I, I told Ali, I said, I come under one condition. You book Brian Pillman Jr. Against me. And he said, all right, fine. So I brought my dancing partner to fucking Qatar. Um, and then uh, this past week at Gallows and Anderson's house, I got Brian Pillman booked again. I said, Pillman, get your ass down here. And uh, as I'm there, I, I, I meet again uh, Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton, who I have a relationship with, who I speak to on the internet. And when I see them, they're wrestling Brian Pillman Jr. on Friday, and they don't have a tag team partner for Pillman yet. That's how I ended up back in a wrestling ring. Why did I bring the title with me? Because I went to Gallows and Anderson's house to do talking Shop. It's a goddamn rib, right? You know what I mean? Like, guys, it's a rib. So when I found myself out in Tennessee where the world was open and people were doing meet and greets and having wrestling shows, I was like, man, fuck me. I'm not missing out on this fun and going back to New Jersey. Stuck in my house where I've been for the past five months. So I wrestled Ricky Morton, Kerry Morton on the fly, okay? (laughs) On the fly. With Brian Billman Jr., it was it was a all right, listen, it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a fucking five star match, people, but it was what it was. And what it was was real and it was fun and I had a blast and the people loved it. So if you listen to the crap, then you know what a good match is, people. And uh, you know, we got a hot tag from fucking from Ricky Morton, and the only thing I knew was the finish going into this. And I'm like, yo, man, listen. We get this hot tag from Ricky Morton, just bump and feed for him, Pillman. All right. Carrie, you go up top and hit the rocket launcher on me. You uh get me down however you want. You know what I mean? So Ricky Ricky shoots me a DDT and I just laid down for the next three, four minutes while they ran a little spiz out. And uh because Pillman, you know, has a feud with Carrie going on out there. Yeah. okay, yeah. in these smoky mountains, and this shit's real. And these motherfuckers like, got dirty at the end of this match. But me, I'm, I'm fair game out here, right? So, you know, I, I I laid down, and I got beat, man. Fair game. Carrie Morton and Ricky Morton. It took two Mortons to pin me. Make no mistake about it. I wouldn't call it a fucking legal pin by any means. top I want to, it, I think, but – uh. Yeah, the way to Ricky and Kerry held me down. But, I, you know, I, the way I thought about it was, you know, the Midnight Express. You know, yeah, the Rocket Roll Express. They used the Rocket Launcher a bunch all over the fucking place. Yeah. And uh, what better way for Enzo to come in, into the Smoky Mountains than to tag team a Brian Pillman Jr. in a fucking RV resort, right? <laughs> With Ricky Morton. I did the match for free. I didn't charge the yeah. promoter a goddamn dime. I was like, man, I, this is for me. Okay, like fuck you, bro. Like, as as great of a guy as he is, and I love the guy. I was just like, man, you know, pro wrestling fans are fans no matter where you are. Okay, and I've wrestled in these little tiny armories and built a name for myself with big Cass on what was an independent show that we didn't make a dollar off of, besides our weekly six hundred dollars a week, a thousand dollars a week, whatever you got at that time. So I, 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 dude, I ran out of T-shirts on this on this thing. I brought a oh, bucket of t-shirts to sell dude i was out immediately on friday it was it was crazy so i was like bro gallows carny ass carl anderson's carny asses been trying to tell me how much money i've been leaving on the table for three years by not wrestling on the indies you know what i'm saying um and i know i've been leaving money on the table but people have to know for me this has never been about the money like i was a kid that lived my dream once i wrestled the hardy boys at wrestlemania for tag titles me and cast literally Dude, forget it. The next day, we were like, hey, what, what do you want to do? So, like, you, know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Just, you know, And then when I went on to win a title and, and got to walk out the doors with it, I mean, forget it. So I've achieved all the things I wanted to in wrestling. Now it's time for me to get back to the business in any way that I can. So I find that getting in the ring with guys for free at my gym, getting in the ring for free on an independent show against Ricky Morton you know, with the fan love that, you know, covers gas and covers, you know, these guys fly me in, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pay for everything else along the way. So people that buy my t-shirts, you know, buy my eight by tens and shit, um, you know, all the cameo requests I got. I mean, I made fucking thousands of dollars on cameo. These wrestling fans are keeping me alive and I can't thank them enough. It's insane.
0: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Enzo, Eric, no matter what uh, persona you're talking to, it has been a pleasure for me to chat with you and everyone. If you're not already checking out Real One on Twitter and Instagram, I believe that's the handle. Go check him out because I know YouTube we're going to be seeing is a lot YouTube. more.
3: YouTube, YouTube. All right, I just created a YouTube, like, and only dropped a few music videos on it. Okay, but I got graciously a lot of views on on Grace. So I'm asking that you give me some support on COVID-19 anthem. Shared. I think everyone can agree when they just scream fuck you COVID one nine. You know what I'm saying? It's a, we're all in agreement on that. So, uh, man, if I got to say anything, it's, uh, you know, I, I I will continue to be a part of wrestling in some way, form or fashion. You'll never know when you'll see me pop up. I love to keep people on their toes. Just remember when I'm working to respect it. If you want to boo me, bring it louder, boo me louder. (laughs) Fuck you. Enzo works louder. If you want to cheer for me, cheer for me, man, just, you know, that's all I want is the reaction, baby. That's what I'm in it for. So um, we'll learn how to to a, re- a reaction on You Can't Teach That Ink, the school on how to get over. Because as I was given advice by Stone Cold, Stone Cold told Brian Pillman, learn how to work the stick like Enzo. Stone Cold gave me the best advice he ever told me the day before I debuted on TV. He looked at me and he said, there's only one rule. Get over. <laughs>
2: excellent
0: man thank you so
2: much so that's it for this week's show please rate review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts remember Rab and Gradle back on Friday they'll have all the usual stuff and remember your homework this week is to watch Backlash 2000 as Tom Campbell said last week and do you remember, that,
1: yeah, that's the one after WrestleMania 2000, isn't it? Yes, it is. It was a very terrific. terrific, well played, Tom Campbell. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: So watch that if you get the chance. And we're talking. Uh, have you ever used a wrestling move in a shoot fight?
1: Can I quickly, while we're talking about that, give a big shout out to, to my friend Shane, who's actually been on this podcast for um, during it was a big scuffle going on in school, and so Shane decided to basically stand on top of a bench, jump off, and attempt to archeo the person he didn't like in the fight. It didn't really work, but it was fucking weird.
3: Excellent. And he
2: deserves the That's the kind of story we're looking for, Alex. Thank you very much for that. Uh, list of wrestling daft this week is SummerSlam. The best matches we put um, best SummerSlam up against the best SummerSlam matches, and it was the best matches that won it. Anything coming off the top of your head, guys, from best SummerSlam matches? I'll go first. TLC. First TLC. Oh aye, I forgot that happened at SummerSlam. Uh, everyone forgets that happened at SummerSlam. Everyone thought it happened at Mania. It happened at SummerSlam first. What about
1: Brock Lesnar versus the Shark?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. That that should go in there.
0: A couple one other- of the few that I've went back and watched is the the British Bulldog one for ninety two because obviously, uh, yeah. but I and mankind, Undertaker, will
2: room, bro. Uh, yeah absolutely absolutely I imagine a lot of those will be popping up from the listeners so uh, remember get your um, suggestions in for us you'll get that on Twitter Facebook we'll put all the links up there remember if you haven't signed up to Patreon yet you can do we've got lots of stuff up there at the moment we're going to be doing a SummerSlam takeover preview show this week part 2 of It's Yourself the Greatest story is going to be on next week I'm catching up with him Tonight, just after this, and uh, doing the second part of our story of Gradle. You're in for a
1: late night then, John, aren't you?
2: I am, I will be. Um, so, you get lots of bonus stuff up there video versions, the full shebang, uh, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, and you can buy t shirts as well. I'm not talking about the t shirts enough. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Lots of amazing t shirts and merch up there for you to buy. Boys, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to go to the pub on Friday, aren't we? Maybe. It's John's
0: return. so yeah. <laughs> um, where can we get you, Gary? Wrestling, Gary on everything apart from Twitch, which is Gary talks wrestling. But yep, type in a wrestling daft, take away four letters, stick in another four wrestling Gary. Hey. Was wrestling Gary taken on Twitch? I was always, I was interested. It was indeed, you. yes. Aww. And and it's by yet again someone with like, no followers that doesn't use
1: the channel. They've just took the name bastard. Uh,
0: uh, Cash should be the new campaign.
1: Get, get Gary's bloody Twitch handle. <laughs> we already tried this for Twitter and failed.
2: I a absolutely, Twitter. absolutely. And I noticed you were doing some radio work the other night there as well on Talk
0: Sport. I was on uh, Talk Sport 2. I've been on it a couple of times now, but I was on it for a wee bit of a longer spell. Um, Talk Sport 2, Talk Wrestling, Alex McCarthy, that we always mention on here, had me on to chat a bit about um, just the news. Aye, just that. <laughs> Get him on. Here.
1: Some ideas for you, John, if you want some guests for the show. Get, yeah. get Alex McCarthy I'm on. Get Sean Gary,
2: oh, get him on next. week can keep him do SmackDown next.
1: week. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not sure who this SmackDown, but <laughs> you want to like you want these people to come on, John. You don't want to like push them <laughs>
2: And uh, you can get Alex at Thirsty Baboon on Twitter as well, can't
1: you? And he's got so to- if anyone finds a birdhouse shirt that's shipping from the UK, <laughs> let me know.
2: There you go. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. With lucky landslots,
0: you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky
2: in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: (gasps)